Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Breaking news tonight, the final push. Democrats take aim at each other on the eve of the New Hampshire primary. Tonight, who's surging, who's fading, and why the president is holding a rally there tonight. Oh, my God. The scene of the crash, exclusive video taken just after Kobe Bryant's helicopter went down, killing the NBA star, his daughter, and seven others. Plus, the emotional new post from Kobe's wife, her vow to remain strong for her family. The virus spreads, coronavirus cases double on a cruise ship as police in China begin rounding people up in a brutal attempt to stop the virus from spreading. Stealing your identity. Did China hack your credit card information? U.S. prosecutors say yes. Four members of the Chinese military are charged, what they're accused of doing with all that information. Iran missile fallout, a dramatic increase in the number of Americans hurt during those rocket attacks by Iran. Why is the Pentagon now saying more than 100 U.S. troops have traumatic brain injuries? New evidence in the college admission scandal, the fake resume prosecutors say TV star Lori Loughlin's daughter used to get into school. Your money, your health. Could you go to jail for not paying your medical bills? One family story. It's a CBS News investigation. And the troubling new research about children and social media. Could all that screen time lead to depression and anxiety? What every parent needs to know. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to start tonight with the race for the White House. Candidates have spent today fanning out across New Hampshire in a last minute frenzy of campaigning. And by the time the smoke clears Tuesday night, we could have the first undisputed result in the Democratic race. Our new CBS battleground tracker reveals a fight for the top spot between Bernie Sanders, who won New Hampshire in 2016, and Pete Buttigieg, the surprise candidate of 2020. And all this as President Trump takes the stage in Manchester for a rally with supporters. Ed O'Keefe reports for us tonight from the Granite State. Candidates made their final arguments today at at least 30 events across New Hampshire. The whole country is not only looking at New Hampshire, in fact, the whole world. I know how seriously New Hampshire voters take the responsibility. Senator Bernie Sanders and former Mayor Pete Buttigieg are drawing the biggest crowds and targeting each other over fundraising. Unlike other campaigns, we don't have billionaires pouring huge amounts of money. And health care. Are we going to pay for it in the form of still further taxes? Or are we going to pay for it in the form of broken promises? Behind them, daily tracking polls now show Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar vaulting into third place after a strong debate performance on Friday. In an interview aboard her campaign bus, Klobuchar had a message for fellow candidates who were sparring. They should go have a push-up contest somewhere. Her rise comes at the expense of Senator Elizabeth Warren and former Vice President Joe Biden, who downplayed New Hampshire's significance on CBS this morning. Nothing's going to happen until we get down to a place that, uh, and around the country where there's much more diversity. Some of the longest lines here today were for President Trump, who's holding a rally tonight in hopes of winning a state he lost by less than 3,000 votes four years ago. And Ed, those independent voters, 43% in New Hampshire are independents, and they're going to vote tomorrow. Could this swing the election? They absolutely could, Nora. They were four in 10 voters four years ago and are expected to be in big chunk again tomorrow. Based on our CBS News Battleground Tracker poll, Bernie Sanders stands to benefit the most from their support, followed by Mayor Buttigieg and Senator Klobuchar. Nora? All right, we'll see you there tonight. Thank you, Ed. More breaking news now. Exclusive video obtained by CBS News shows the scene moments after Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed last month. It is all part of the evidence that the NTSB is now using to determine why it went down. And today, Bryant's widow, Vanessa, shared the heartbreak of losing a husband and daughter and reached out to others who've experienced similar losses. Chris Van Cleve tonight with the new details. This is horrible. Dramatic new video at the crash site moments after the helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant and eight others went down. The wreckage still burning. The force of the crash scattered pieces of the chopper across the mountainside. The smell of the fuel burning and the smoke and the air, like it was just so thick and heavy and uh, what, what you just you you couldn't breathe. Michael Dyer was mountain biking with a friend nearby. He heard the helicopter flying low, but couldn't see it in the fog. We were yelling back and forth, you know, hey, did you see anybody? Is there any survivors? And those guys, they were, they were immediately like, there's nobody that could have survived this. This video is now being reviewed by the NTSB. Late today, Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's widow, posted this Instagram video of her husband with daughter Gianna playing basketball. She's sharing her message of grief for others suffering with a similar loss. My brain refused to accept that both Kobe and Gigi are gone. Why should I be able to wake up another day when my baby girl isn't able to have that opportunity? She also posted this milestone moment for seven-month-old Capri. 
Memorials for the victims continue tonight at Angel Stadium in Anaheim, where the Altabelli family will be memorialized. John was a baseball coach, his wife and their daughter, Alyssa, who was a teammate of Brian's daughter. Nora. Still so much pain for these families, Chris. Thank you. That deadly coronavirus continues to spread. Tonight, the death toll has skyrocketed to over 1,000, with more than 100 deaths reported just today. Worldwide, more than 42,000 people have been infected, most of them in China. Deborah Pata now on the growing outbreak aboard a cruise ship and the Americans that are caught in the middle of it. With 11 Americans among the 65 new cases, the number diagnosed on this ship nearly doubled overnight. Oregon resident Rebecca Frazier found out she had the virus on board the Princess Diamond, now feared to be more of a floating incubator than luxury cruise liner. Confined to her hospital room, she's the first with coronavirus to speak out. It was a very surreal experience to be told that you have this virus that, you know, as far as I knew, could be deadly. Authorities suited up in protective gear awaited more than 130 of her infected fellow passengers escorted off the ship for treatment. About 3,600 people remain on board, quarantined since last Monday. Social media shows the growing tension in Wuhan, China, the coronavirus epicenter, where masked police dragged this woman and her family with the virus to pop-up hospitals and quarantine centers like these. Trucks spraying a mix of water and alcohol have doused just about every corner of the city. And four police officers arrested this woman for failing to wear a mask. Here in Hong Kong, extreme caution is being exercised. Travelers from anywhere in mainland China are quarantined for 14 days. Violating quarantine is now a criminal offense. Nora? All right, Deborah, thank you. Your personal information may now be in the hands of the Chinese government. That's according to federal officials who today charged four members of the Chinese army with a massive computer hack into one of the country's leading credit agencies. Here's Jeff Pegues. Investigators say Chinese military hackers had access to Equifax computer systems for months, stealing the personal information of about half the U.S. population. This was one of the largest data breaches in history. Attorney General William Barr. The hackers obtained the names, birth dates, and social security numbers of nearly 150 million Americans. According to the indictment, the hackers also stole the driver's license numbers of at least 10 million Americans and credit card numbers and other personally identifiable information belonging to 200,000 Americans. Is there evidence that this <clears throat> stolen information is already being used? There is not at this time. But the FBI is worried the data the hackers swept up might later be used to target American intelligence officers or other individuals China sees as adversaries. The hack, which began three years ago, rocked Equifax, leading to a congressional probe, the resignation of its CEO, Richard Smith, and a settlement of up to $700 million to compensate victims of the attack. And so Equifax joins a growing list of companies the Chinese have targeted. And today, the attorney general said that 80% of economic espionage prosecutions implicate the Chinese government. That's a stunning number. It is. Thank you, Jeff. 
Tonight, two police officers in Arkansas are recovering from gunshot wounds after a shootout at a Walmart. The officers confronted a man who was making threats at the store, and he opened fire. Well, they fired back and killed the suspect. One of the officers needed surgery, but both are expected to be okay. Tonight, for the fourth time, the Pentagon is reporting a big jump in the number of American troops diagnosed with traumatic brain injuries following that Iranian missile attack last month. It's now more than 121 have been sent back to the U.S. for treatment. David Martin on what the troops experienced. The blast was so big, it was unlike anything I've ever heard or seen or felt. Speaking to Holly Williams just days after the attack, Sergeant First Class Dane Kasager's first-hand description helps explain why the number of soldiers suffering concussion-like symptoms continues to climb. Kasager was in the back of a truck operating first, a drone. The truck I was in actually lifted up on two wheels and then came back down. One of these trucks? Yes. President Trump said the symptoms of what is officially called mild traumatic brain injury were not serious. You know, uh, I heard that they had headaches and a couple of other things, but I would say, uh, and I can report, it is not very serious. But this is how it felt when it happened. The shock wave, like, moving through your body after you hear it, and then uh, it's just a, a sinking feeling of, like, your existence is coming to an end. Of the 109 identified with concussion symptoms, 76 have been returned to duty. David Martin, CBS News, The Pentagon. TV star Lori Loughlin and her husband allegedly paid half a million dollars to get their daughter into a prestigious school. And according to prosecutors, that's not all. Here's Carter Evans with the new details. For actress Lori Loughlin and her husband Massimo Giannulli, the evidence is mounting. New documents from prosecutors show for the first time the lengths the couple allegedly went to to get their daughter into USC. This phony resume is heavily redacted, but the graduation date of 2018 matches that of YouTube star Olivia Jade. The bogus document details an elaborate list of rowing accomplishments for someone who never rowed competitively, including gold medals and top 15 finishes in the head of the Charles Regatta in Boston, one of rowing's most prestigious events. It shows how big their deception was. This resume is the smoking gun. All the achievements could have been easily checked out, but USC's associate athletic director at the time, Donna Heinel, is accused of being in on the scam. Attorneys for Lachlan and Giannulli say they did nothing wrong, and the half million dollars they paid was merely a donation. Carter Evans, CBS News, Los Angeles. Tonight, our series, Your Money, Your Health, exposes how some Americans struggling to pay their medical bills could see jail time. CBS News teamed up with the investigative journalists at ProPublica, and Meg Oliver reports on thousands of Americans with medical debt who may face arrest warrants. Amen. Amen. Tress and Heather Big's son, Lane, was diagnosed with leukemia. At the same time, Heather suffered seizures from Lyme disease. We had so many multiple um, health issues in our family at the same time. It put us in a bracket that made insurance unattainable. Tress Biggs was working two jobs, but they fell behind on their medical bills. You wouldn't think you'd go to jail over a medical bill. Bail was $500. Mm -hmm. How much money did you have at that time? Like maybe 50 to 100. In Coffeyville, Kansas, where the poverty rate is twice the national average, 
Attorneys like Michael Hassenplug have built successful law practices representing medical providers to collect debt. I'm trying to do my job as best I can by following the law. That law was put in place at Hassenplug's own recommendation to the local judge. It says people with unpaid medical bills must appear in court every three months. If two hearings are missed, the judge issues an arrest warrant for contempt of court. Bail is set at $500. And how do you get paid? I get paid on what's collected. From the bail money? Well, if, they, if the bail money is applied to the judgment, yes, I get a portion of that. Are you sending them to jail for collection then and not contempt? No, we're sending them to jail for contempt of court for failure to appear. In most courts, bail money is returned when defendants appear in court. But in almost every case in Coffeyville, that money goes to pay attorneys like Hassenplug and his clients. What's happening here is a jailhouse shakedown for cash. That is the criminalization of private debt. The ACLU found tens of thousands of these arrest warrants are issued annually nationwide, sometimes to collect as little as $28. I mean, it wasn't like we were just not paying any of our medical bills. That was the problem. We couldn't afford to pay all of them. Is jail the answer? No. We went to court on debt collection day. They wouldn't allow our cameras in, but we watched more than 60 people swear they didn't have enough money to pay. Only one of them had an attorney representing them. Nora? 60 people in one day? One day, Nora. All right, Meg, thank you. A troubling new report today spells out what all that time on social media is doing to our teenagers. It also outlines what parents can do to make sure their kids stay safe. Here's Adriana Diaz. The review of research confirms what many parents have long feared. Social media use is linked with mental distress, self-harm, and even suicide. In fact, more than two hours of social media use a day is associated with higher rates of depression and suicidal thoughts in girls. In one study, girls reported feeling negative after 10 minutes of browsing Facebook. 17-year-old Maya Bell has seen it firsthand. I become more isolated when I'm on social media, even though um, it's supposed to be like a connector. It's honestly very isolated. According to the article, kids who spend less time socializing in person are more vulnerable. And easy access online to information about how to commit suicide increases risk too. Something Carol Dealey knows too well. Her 12-year-old son Gabriel took his life just over a year ago. Kids can't get away from all this peer pressure, and I think it's just terrible. I would not want to be a child right now. Carol started an organization called Gabriel's Light to promote the safe use of technology. Now, researchers say parents should talk to their kids about the risks of social media, but instead of banning it, they should limit screen time both for their kids and themselves to set a good example. Nora? We all need help with that. Adriana, thank you. The night after it made history at the Oscars, a parasite invasion is coming. The first Korean film and first non-English film ever to win Best Picture is doubling its reach this weekend and will be shown on about 2,000 theaters here in the U.S. And there are reports tonight that writer and director Bong Joon-ho is in talks with HBO to turn Parasite into a limited series. For many, music is an escape, but for the people you're about to meet, music is providing a pathway to a new life. Don Daler reports from Hindman, Kentucky. 
here on the banks of Troublesome Creek, music is being made with power tools and sandpaper. That's all. I believe that's got it. Tabitha Mosley is learning how to make a ukulele. This is just the beginning. This is just the start. Kind of like my life. This school is part of a program designed to give people like Mosley a second chance. Making it helps keep me focused. An addiction to opioids forced her to give up her four children more than a year ago. Making instruments is helping her heal. It's teaching me how to build things. Then it's going to bring joy to somebody else. Music has deep roots in this part of Appalachia, but so do poverty, drugs, and alcohol abuse. I've lost family and friends to addiction. Doug Road runs a nonprofit instrument company close to the school. Two of his craftsmen are recovering addicts. There's clinical evidence that when people apply their hands to a task that demands concentration, it actually begins to rewire the brain. This isn't necessarily the cure for addiction, but it can be a part of that. We think of it more as a, uh, a hedge against recidivism. Mosley's now 16 months sober and back with her children. She sees the ukulele emerging in her hands as instrumental to her future. And it's just gonna keep getting better and better. Don Daler, CBS News, Hinman, Kentucky. Wishing you well, Tabitha. Music is therapy. Stay tuned for tomorrow's CBS Evening News because we've got a story about the charity that came out of a terrible loss, how a father channeled his grief into giving back to others. And if you can't watch live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you tomorrow night from New Hampshire. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.